0: Like, so they're saying, Well, I think you can trust the Bible about Jesus because of the four gospels. And then I would be like, I think that that's a bad reason based on what we know about how and when they were written. But it's saying something about him. It's just shorthand. It's just, hey. it makes it convenient for you to be like, Well, this is it and that settles it. And there's no real conversation about it. And I think that's the disservice that it does. Look,
1: if you believe that Jesus. Took on the sins of the world and he died so that you could be forgiven and go to heaven. I mean, something that big, something that extravagant. How hard is it to believe that God helped a couple old pricks write a book? (laughs) If you believe that Jesus Christ created the fractional reserve banking system so that we could deliver freedom to the Middle East and the rest of the world, soon to be China, then how hard is it to believe? that God could guide the hand of Noah or Constantine or, you know, whoever, whoever. uh, Amazing. amazing. Yeah. Guys that write books. Yeah. I mean, you drive a
0: solid point and I've changed my mind. So Josh McDowell, you are correct. God bless America. buddy, welcome to another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Sam. I'm Casey. And we're still in the same room together. I'm uh, in Kansas until, well, we're recording this Monday night, I guess. So I'm leaving tomorrow. We figured we'd squeeze in another episode, uh, as well as squeezing a couple of other things on my last night here. But we'll leave those <laughs> to your imagination. <laughs> we're going to play uh, Christian uh, Boys Dorm Room. Yeah, god damn. Nothing like a freshman college dorm room to uh, expose you to some new and interesting things that
1: repressed Christian boys do. Have sex with me. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, while Sam's been here, we've done some exciting things. Yeah, I don't know. Is are we boring? Like, Uh,
0: are April and I boring? No, you guys. I think. Well, you guys are funny because you do different things than other people I know. Like, like I would never go out at eleven o'clock at night to hunt giant spiders, and that's something that, that really I did. That we do. We looked for um, what you call garden spiders. We did not find any. No, which they're is disappointing.
1: Like, they're like a golden orb weaver, I think is what they're technically called. But uh, I don't know what it is with this year, but there's just not that many of them. They're allegedly big, but I didn't see
0: them. Honestly, the spiders here are bigger than. The ones we have back home anyway like just in general if you walk out at night so when we all right so we go and walk the you got the big river in your backyard um or backyard like it's not really a backyard it's just a lot of acreage of woods but there's like a river that goes through it um so we would kind of walk around there and just getting through the woods it's like these giant spider webs they're probably like generally maybe if between like eight inches and a foot and a half in and di- diameter. Is that the right one? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, and I don't see those back home. The spiders are pretty good size, a lot like size of a quarter, I guess they have like the big fat abdomens and they're gross. And you have to walk through them with like the stick and you like, keep waving the stick in front of you just to make sure that like you're clearing the web as you go. And, um, but yeah, I never would do that. Uh, that's not, I've never thought, you know, it's late and that's when all the creepy things come out. So we should, go through and look at bugs and touch them i definitely don't want to touch them. like the sick what is it, the cicadas that make the awful sound yeah you just pick them up by the butts and they would just make that horrible like <laughs> dog treats and i don't know so that's but that was cool i mean i was like hoping we'd find something big and scary but i watched these fat spiders feast on moths and insects and i don't know it was like an adventure lesson it was pretty neat But that is different uh, than anything I've done for fun before. (laughs) Since I was a kid, I guess. We also, uh, we shot some guns. Yeah, which was fun for me. I haven't, so I I think I've mentioned it before, but I haven't really, I feel like the last time I shot guns, I must have been like 16.
1: So. You said Montana, right? Yeah.
0: Went to Montana to visit some old family friends. And they lived up in the mountains. It was like maybe a three mile driveway of just like straight up the mountain. A place where like their kids who were like four, maybe 14. One of the oldest might have been 14 at the time. Like you would just like leave the gun. If you're going to go anywhere, like go walk anywhere or anything, you just take a gun with you just because they have mountain lions and other things that might try bears. to bears. Yeah. Sorts so it's like stuff. different, totally different culture than that i'm used to but that was the last time i shot anything um so that's like 18 years ago i guess. yeah about 18 years ago i think was the last time i shot anything so i mean it was fun uh we've obviously had our fair share of conversations about guns and what we think about them and i don't know it is funny being out here like with the culture being so different and seeing how much space there is like you couldn't possibly hurt somebody if you drive out
1: here yeah <laughs> You'd have to really put your mind to it yeah. and get lucky at the same time to to cause problems. But yeah, this is the only place I've ever lived where you can just like walk out on your back porch and shoot a gun in almost any direction and not have a care that it's gonna hit something. Yeah. Not that I do that. We're always careful <laughs> about it. But But yeah. what do we
0: shoot? Uh, you I'm all I know is uh some are bigger and some are smaller, <laughs> right? Some fit in your hand. Some technically are handguns, but have braces and, uh, I don't know, laser sights and longer barrels. So I don't really know exactly what I was doing or what I was shooting, but
1: yeah, we, we shot a couple of .22s. One's a lever action rifle. The other one's a, uh, a pistol, a Ruger Mark III, which is pretty cool. And then we shot... Strybog, which is like that's what he was talking about the the pistol because of the brace and doesn't have a boring gun language, but it's like a semi auto nine millimeter carbine thing. It felt like
0: something I would pick if I was playing a first person shooter and you want to like move quickly. Uh, might not have like if you're playing like a Call of Duty or something, it's like you're gonna move a little bit faster. But it's not going to have quite the power of something a little bit bigger. It's like one that
1: Neo would keep in his yeah, like, chest pocket. Exactly.
0: You know? <laughs> it, was, it it definitely it does give you a weird feeling of like I actually don't know how to explain it, but it's just like a this feels this is fucking badass feeling. <laughs>
1: there is that. It definitely does. Shot uh, some shotguns, which is my, that's always my favorite. Oh, I yeah. did break my AR. Yeah, right? I,
0: before I got to shoot it, you fucking asshole. <laughs> we put like two rounds through it, and then it just—I don't know. I don't know what's right. <laughs> or, there's something's messed I'm up just in the. I'm glad iPhone. I wasn't the one shooting it when that happened because I would have felt like
1: really bad. And then uh, the 44 mag—it's like dirty, hairy. Yeah, big revolver, and that was your favorite, right?
0: Yeah, that was—it just felt the most fun. Something about like the—it's weird because I was actually nervous to shoot it because. I get worried about like the kickback or whatever being crazy again after not shooting for so long, but then you, once you do, you're like, Oh, okay. It's like, it has a powerful feel. Like, even though it kicks back a lot, but you're still like, I don't know. It's a strange feeling of feeling like you're still in control of it, even though it's like shoots your arm up like seven inches and you're like, you have to readjust. But the weirdest thing about all that is like, like we were talking when we, when you first took them all out, it's like, it feels like you would j- like you just have this feeling that you should be good at it. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm pointing this where I want to shoot it, and then you do it. And like no matter how many times you line up the sights in, in the same area and try to shoot right there, you never do. Ever. I never did. <laughs> it was like one of them. I was more accurate with. I forget You're which one. You're pretty
1: good with the 44 mag. Yeah, like, you you hit pretty consistently with that. Pistols are just hard. They're so hard because.
0: Like you were saying, like you pull it a little bit, like you were saying I was pulling the trigger too fast. So I was probably just cocking it to the right a little bit while I was pulling it. And it just, I mean, just moving it a tad, it,
1: you're, I'm not even on the board anymore. Yeah. The smallest movement and you're way off to the side and stuff. Yeah. And it makes you like kind of laugh at movies where people are just like running and gunning and, you know. Yeah, because like, we I, played I that game
0: where you ran across the field and I tried to shoot you just to prove a point. Yeah, and, here and I, I am. missed
1: every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, I haven't shot a ton. I mean, there's people who have shot a lot more than I have, but I'm not I'm not good at it by any stretch of the imagination. I do okay. With it. I, I'm good with a shotgun. I'll I'll give myself a little credit there
0: and that was fun Um, so we shot at clay pigeons which I had never done before which felt very sporty like it felt like there's a like shooting at a target feels it was fun too but something about trying to like hit a moving target like that um, felt more like sportsmanship like Uh, I don't know if that makes sense or if I'm just it felt amazing amazing
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's tricky That those are that's a lot of fun i always feel like if people haven't shot guns before and they're curious about like if you just want to go like do a fun thing Mm -hmm. that's the thing to do like it's like if you you get on a target and like hit a moving you know clay pigeon it feels good it looks cool it blows up when you hit it yeah that's
0: definitely a sense of satisfaction and then it was weird because like i what i missed all of them at first, and then um, I watched you shoot them. What helped was, like, what I was doing was just lining up the sights and saying pull, and then you're, like, trying to hit the thing as it goes through the air. But then I watched you do it, and you would have the clay pigeon shoot off, and after it shot, you would then line the sights up. Like, raise the gun to your gun shoulder at that point. And as soon as I started doing that, I was, I mean, hitting one or two out of the three. You were better than up, half
1: so. Yeah, at that point. You
0: did pretty, pretty good. good. So it was fun. I mean, I posted a, pic, a video of uh, slow-mo of one of my successful shots on our uh, Instagram page, which that, it's a great video. I'm excited that we captured that because it was fun. I mean, I, I remember liking shooting guns kind of, but didn't care enough about it to keep doing it. And then I did go through a phase of like, these things are designed to kill people and I don't want to have any part in that. And then, I don't know, I leveled out a bit where like, Look, I'm all about stricter gun laws. We've talked at length about that. So we don't need to turn this into a conversation about gun laws at this point. But you really can, especially around, you really can separate this this, as like a sport and an activity. Uh, And when you start thinking about it like that, it does like, you can just do it. Like, despite my convictions about guns, it's still fun to like, it was
1: fun. It was a lot of fun to pick them up and shoot at a target. I think the solution is just to uh, have you and I appointed as arbiters. Yes. <laughs> who gets to own one? Like, you get to come before the gun board, which is us. Perfect. Um, you'll have a chance to submit a gift, you know, to tilt the scales. And if we feel you're a lunatic, then nah, you don't get to have one. So there's that. I think that sounds great. You know, <laughs> politics.
0: Politics is for losers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, and we're not losers, clearly. So we should just be the ones, as you said, yeah. being the arbiters of who gets to. Do it. I think Everything we're a good be judge of character. fine if I was God. I think we're a good judge. You know what's fun? I feel like everybody says that. I Honestly, <laughs> that is the I'm, a, I'm a pretty good judge of character. And and then you look at them and like their last like six girlfriends and you're like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like your character sucks. I think we so just. it's going to skew your judgment. I think the rule of thumb is like, whatever people say that they're good at just assume they're really bad at that like Pretty we were much. talking earlier about um people who are like the people who go look i'm a logical person i like I like to think <laughs> logically about things <laughs> and uh those people suck if you say that out loud to other people you just you're not probably you just kind of suck i mean maybe you do like to try to think about things logically but like there's no one out there who's like I don't like to think about things like whatever way makes sense. I try to do the opposite of that.
1: Yeah. I'm just emotional and that's how (laughs) I make decisions. Everybody thinks they're logical. Yeah. So uh, equal culture shock. Yeah. Um, Last night we were going to go to dinner before we sat down to do some other things. And I had talked on the podcast previously about a restaurant near me, like in the closest town to me that uh, I had taken one of my sales guys. We had just like gone on a whim because it's close to my warehouse and it's called True Lies. And I know, strange name for a restaurant. I don't get it. True Lies in El Dorado, Kansas, if you want to look them up and leave them a review. Less
0: strange after you get there and whatever vibe you get from a name like True Lies, it it works. They're accomplishing what they were going for with that.
1: Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a dingy, like honky tonk bar in uh you know, in this little town and, you know, it's got a big dance floor. It's got like a, you know, everything's wood, you know, inside and stuff. I mean, it, it would, I feel like under like a few details changed, you'd walk in there and you'd be like, this is sweet. This is like right out of roadhouse or, you know, you put a couple of like the swinging, like butterfly doors yeah. in the front it looks a like a fucking Clint saloon Eastern now maybe. yeah
0: it, <laughs> i would like to see a really uh redneck wedding there though i would definitely go i would crash a redneck wedding there because you know that dance floor gets ripped the fuck up people are gonna be drunk oh yeah very drunk The we didn't describe what it looks like when you pull in like that was like it feels you're not in the middle of nowhere but it feels like it feels like you are like there's like rundown buildings all around it. Maybe it's kind some... of like
1: in an industrial park. It's yeah. kind of like in an old industrial part of the town where, you know, there's like right around the corner. There's like the newer industrial park, which has, you know, a bunch of what you would expect, like clean, normal looking businesses. And stuff. <laughs> this one is kind of situated in an older part of that. And uh, it's off the beaten path a little bit from like where all the restaurants are and stuff in town. And it looks more like, it doesn't look like a restaurant at first glance. It looks like, like oh no, my cow trailer has a flat tire. I'll bet I could get it fixed there. Like that's what it looks like rather than, you know, a purveyor of uh, freeze dried potatoes. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and they're, <laughs> those are some of the worst french fries I've they're, ever had. They're terrible.
0: It's just like, it's like the entrees were done. So they were like, mm, that's good enough. We don't have to wait for the fry layer to beep. And they just took them <laughs> out. So it was like, they were still, you pick them up and you would just watch the grease drip off of them. And they were still kind of hard in the middle.
1: Think about like perfectly cooked spaghetti. Al how dente good, fries. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's that but French fries. It's just a, a gooey potato string. It's like a potato shoelace. Yeah,
0: they are shoestring fries cooked al dente. <laughs> It's <laughs> nasty but, uh, i'll be was, honest though i got a burger and the burger was really good
1: yeah chicken sandwich was fine it wasn't so, bad shout out their burgers well part of the reason why we're laying into it is because you get inside the place and it well the front door
0: let's start with the front door has a sign that says um i took a bunch of pictures these are also on our instagram but it is the policy of true lies should you become involved in an altercation or fight You will be removed from the establishment. You shall not and will not be
1: allowed to return. I imagine half the town is banned now. I don't know how they police that, but... Yeah, (laughs) they seem to remember people because... Okay, I think when we... I
0: swear to you, dude, when those two kids that came in after we had already sat down, the ones with meth teeth, I'm pretty sure one of them handed his keys over to the person at the bar. Like, as soon as he got
1: in. I think you're right. Yeah. I didn't get a good glance I at like, what was going or like on. They like
0: sodas and I was surprised like I don't know maybe they got there and they're like look we're really high and drunk and we drove here but we know we shouldn't do that again and we'd like to keep drinking. So just like here's our keys.
1: Yeah, it almost struck me as like Maybe neither one of them is supposed to be driving. Like there's not a driver's license between the two of them. Somebody's <laughs> sister was working the bar. They both have the like, permits. You can have the car and go get some cigarettes while I'm working, but bring it back right they're, away. They're like, if we both have a permit, that equals a license, right? Two permits in a car equals a
0: license. Yeah, I think that's the conversion, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but then you get in and the first thing you see is just like two giant flags or banners hanging that one of them says, Joe Biden sucks with three stars under it. I guess he gets a three-star review. Like, he's not great, but I just, I don't really understand the stars. And then Trump 2024, the revenge tour.
1: Yeah. So if you didn't catch the last time, the first time I mentioned this place, when uh, when we were talking about it, we went in there, one of my salesmen and I, to, to eat some lunch and same sort of thing. Like, it's kind of like a MAGA shrine. Yeah like i don't know it it looks like uh it's kind of like a field of dreams for white trash (laughs) like if you build it they'll show up and buy cores you know yeah so we went in there and we're eating lunch and in the background there's a tv on and it's like humming and and it's at like a audible volume and I'm like, what is this playing? And I'm like, turning around, you know, sometimes you see, I mean, around here you can, Fox News might be on or something like that. That's but right. they were playing the uh, critically acclaimed documentary, 2000 Mules, which uh, upon further research is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a documentary by Dinesh D'Souza. The conservative huckster who uh, like what as soon as early as 2016 was convicted for campaign finance fraud or something like that yeah donating more than he was supposed to to a political candidate I think to the Trump administration through straw delegates, whatever you know I don't know that's that's the dumbest explanation I've ever given of anything. But, uh so yeah, so they have 2000 mules which is basically about how like ballot mules, which I think is a term that they that might they may have coined that term, but it's basically like, like people who carried fraudulent ballots, is that what it was? And then dumped them. Yeah, it's weird. Like I I haven't watched it and I promised people that I would. But <laughs> They Basically, they're using cell phone data to triangulate the, the locations of people who you know made multiple trips to an area where there was a ballot drop box in certain key regions, and also cross reference that with a list of people who drove past certain political organizations, and their assertion was, these people are trucking boxes and boxes of ballots to these drop boxes and dumping them in. And there is like, so many problems with the research on this <laughs> documentary from just like the from broad the research to begin with <laughs> yeah the broad statements about how they used this cell phone data that they bought like that's that's enough to throw it in the garbage to begin with but then on top of that like they don't have video evidence of anybody dumping more than like four ballots into a mailbox and you can do that you can drop off ballots for family members and it st- Never mind. It's it's just a dumb thing and it was playing at full volume in this restaurant. But uh there's I don't know, effigies of Trump everywhere in there.
0: Yeah, there was also like so you look like I said, you immediately come in and there is those Trump flags and you look over to the towards the back and there's another Trump 2020 flag, another Trump 2024 Make America Great Again. And then you look over at the bar and there's a, the Donald's wall has been built.
1: What does that mean? I don't
0: know. There's a picture of Biden and Harris. It says dumb and dumber.
1: That's original.
0: And then there's like, uh, here's a mug that says Trump 2024. Some rule sign I couldn't read. And then a sign that says, I can't really read this too well either. But it was like, no trespassing, property patrolled by a crazy woman with, guns and automat with something in automatic weapons blah 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 blah. So, this is a really cool place. Uh the first thing we ordered was mountain oysters. <laughs> and fuck those things. Add- it's it, it's like eating the knuckle of a fucking chicken or something. If you don't know a what
1: a rocky mountain oyster is, that's a term for uh cow testicles. <laughs> it has it has
0: the texture of cartilage like if you were gonna eat the knuckle of a of a bovine it's like it's disgusting so and they're fried so they they come out fried it tastes like fried
1: meat it's more the texture that's
0: right unappealing and just thinking about it like when you cut into it and looking into it and thinking like there's miles of nerve
1: endings running through here i feel like i wonder they're really small actually well they're food? not cutting them off of full-size cows they're cutting them off like when they're cutting steers you know okay they're young at the oh, time so i'm eating okay now it just yeah. feels like mutilated baby cows. yeah basically just... yeah not only did you make like an indirect contribution to trump's 2024 campaign <laughs> by buying me dinner there you also ate baby cow balls I wish they would grill them, though, because I feel like it would be cool if you could, like, see the hair follicles while you were eating them.
0: <laughs> I think they need to slow cook them. Put them in a, in a uh, crock pot or something. Maybe tender them up a little bit. Yeah, make, like, some... some. Uh... I don't want to know what you <laughs> I don't want to I Honestly, I couldn't... I didn't eat one of them. I didn't swallow. I could not... As soon as I put it in my mouth and chewed and it had a crunch, it, it's the... It's the texture of cartilage. I don't know why. Why would you order them? There was like uh, like 17 bucks for a pound of them. Like, I saw the panic
1: in your eye when you started chewing it. He goes, "Mm, No, mm -mm, no, can't do it. He spit it out. I'm like, You're being rude. Like, get the patrons. Like, you can, for half the
0: price, you can get something that actually tastes good fried.
1: Well, you know, here in Kansas, we believe in using the Every whole bit, part yeah. of the animal
0: you, you're so call you're us so fashion yeah <laughs> uh their merch was really cool uh so there's one that said well it said uh it was a is that a, considered a razorback tank top i don't know but it says uh cowgirl sluts drive me nuts
1: so that was cool oh shout out to whoever on instagram uh young lady confirmed that that was her favorite that was yeah that was she great. said uh
0: this is funny." Okay, but as a lesbian cowgirl, I really want that shirt. It was <laughs> great. So, I'm glad that it landed. It rearranges the meaning
1: a little bit, which is
0: great. And then the other one had a bunch of weapon images of weapons on it. And it's hard to make out what it says based on the pictures I got, but it's like, if you're coming for my guns, come on, I think. Come on my guns.
1: I think that's where they like it, is what they're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It sounds like it's probably corrosive, especially if you've been eating their food. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So that that was cool. Really enjoyed that experience. It was definitely worth it. I wouldn't wouldn't trade that for anything.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, since we didn't get to go to Westboro Baptist Church, that was as close as we could get. Yeah. I'm sure they have some overlap. Uh, Probably a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Some things I
0: learned about Casey uh, this week is that he can't go anywhere without buying something yeah (laughs) and that uh he anytime you drive anywhere he has to stop at a gas station for snacks at least twice (laughs) yeah and those are my two most endearing qualities yeah so that was fun (laughs) and then we we did get to talking about some serious stuff um in church and he kind of really wants to start going back and there's this church near him called epic church epic church. They've been looking f- to make some new friends and stuff, so I think they're going to check that. Are you going to start church shopping again? Is that what it is? Maybe yeah. get back into the word?
1: Yeah, like a nice traditional church, like epic.
0: Epic church. <laughs> think at the end of that service, the pastor is just like, alright, everyone, and uh, he prays and then closes with, and all God's people said, and then everyone Ever. in the church goes, that's epic!
1: <laughs> and they just hold up like that gnarly <laughs> sign or metal fingers. And, and then the assistant pastor comes up and like shakes up a monster and yeah. sprays him down with it.
0: <laughs> then they start launching shirts out of a t-shirt cannon.
1: <laughs> he pulls a zipper on the back of his, his suit and it's actually just like a onesie and it's like a race suit underneath. And he <laughs> jumps on like a crotch rocket and flies out the end of the church.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems cool. Uh, had I known that existed, we definitely would have gone to church on Sunday. But You know, it's
1: never occurred to me, and I bet this exists, okay? Um, if you can find this out there, some of you comb the internet for, you know, all sorts of obscure things. I want to know if there's a video of someone doing a bungee jump baptism. <laughs> you know it's out there. It's somebody, play, like, it. jumping off of a bridge. It's in Colorado, I think. And they hit the water with just their head and then shoot back up. And then they give like a, uh, a little message from the New King James afterwards. The preacher talks real fast when the head dunks in.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. Yeah. So we had fun. It's been an eventful week. It's, uh, it's going to be strange going back to just doing this silver
1: video. It's not going to be the same. I know. It's sad. It would be really cool if we could do this more often, like, in person. Well, you guess you have to
0: come to uh, Massachusetts next. Deal. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Woo-woo! (laughs) Woo-woo!
1: Bonus points to anyone who can place that clip. Message us, and I don't know, I'll send you one of my, uh, like, collection of obscure Christian items that uh, I'm building like a little honey pot of strange things from thrift stores. So if you can place the clip, I'll send you something real special. That is another thing we did today. We uh,
0: went to many a thrift store and antique store to look for weird shit that makes their way there. Uh, We didn't actually find much though. There was a couple of cool things, but
1: nothing, nothing groundbreaking. No. So that was a little disappointing. It's like the first time I've ever been in an antique store and didn't find something like shockingly racist. (laughs) Dude, I, well, okay, never mind. I'm not (laughs) gonna. I'm not throwing anyone under the bus here. Describing Describing it is, uh, is sketchy.
0: Yeah. Uh, we are going to also, all right. So we're also going to now review a book that I don't know why you have it casey i guess
1: you just saw it this is a thrift store find oh i was like at a i think like a goodwill or something and looking through the book section i said this is probably nuts was this free were they like oh those are free too i think i had to pay for this one salvation army bibles are free if you're looking for you know that's reading material
0: because you picked one up because it was was it a precious moments bible
1: yeah okay those are Classy. I don't think they make those anymore. Not like they used to, at least. If I do decide to step my toe back in, you know, I'm going to start on the right foot. So we have this book called, I don't, I
0: remember this book, the regular version of it. This is a children's version of a book that came out years ago called Evidence Demands a Verdict, which was written by Josh McDowell. And it's what you think it is. It's like, this is the evidence for Christ's death, resurrection. Death and resurrection, and this is why you should believe it. It's par for the course, apologetics, nothing spectacular. Um, <clears throat> but apparently he made some children's version of it, which seems like it covers a lot less material. And well, yeah, do you know
1: who like who is Josh McDowell? Is that somebody that you're familiar with? Yeah, yeah. He was like an apologist. I wish
0: I could say more about him. The only thing I really remembered was about him is. Evidence Demands a Verdict. Was the say anything in the back about this guy?
1: He claims, like, wasn't, it was, so he was the guy that claimed that he used to be a non-believer and he set out to, like, prove creationism wrong and ended up converting or something. Was but that this, him? This guy?
0: We, we were talking about Lee Strobel earlier. Oh, Lee did,
1: Strobel, okay.
0: But given the book Evidence, given the title Evidence Demands a Verdict, I wouldn't be surprised if, I don't know, if these that was, people are frauds yeah if that was somehow related to his story as well i feel like those people make the best poster children for these types of things but either way indeed this book is called children demand a verdict because children demand a lot of things never verdicts mostly candy and to stay up late <laughs> trust me i have two of them and they've never demanded a verdict on anything like this but reasonably you sized know, I, bayonet i'm not a great parent uh and i'm going to hell probably because i haven't exactly talked to my kids about a lot of this stuff the
1: subtext is uh
0: i will go to hell
1: <laughs> answering questions about what we believe and why we believe it
0: so the book is set up cool uh it's basically just a whole bunch of questions with par- little paragraph answers not long but there's a total of seventy seven questions in this book, uh but we just looked through it and thought it was funny like what what some of the answers might be. We didn't look at them ahead of time. We just circled questions in the table of contents uh that we were very curious about that we demand a verdict on, and we we're gonna read the answers to those questions, and then you know how many um, how many kids solid do you book think study
1: together? Josh polled. To get these questions, like this big book of questions from kids, like how many kids were involved in, you know, sourcing these questions? Yeah. I
0: wonder if they reached out to a bunch of parents and were like, what kind of questions are your kids asking? And what do you
1: wish your kid would ask you? I don't see. And <laughs> for some reason, parent.
0: out of all 77 of these, none of these was, why does my penis leak at night when I sleep? <laughs> <laughs> or how come my penis is hard when I wake up? the real questions that there's real questions that kids have and usually none of them are related to anything here but i do remember thinking some of these as a kid there's so many good ones um i would love to just read through a bunch of them but i'm gonna just touch on the ones that we've decided were most pertinent for us to discuss this evening yeah we haven't read them yet so so question the questions about sin is the category i pulled this one from is what if i don't what if i don't feel bad when i do something wrong so the answer to that is begins with a metaphor as
1: all good answers do apparently what is this graphic here is this related to that question i don't or? know some boy just punched a little girl's lights out in this picture though it does <laughs> look like a a little boy just Punched a girl in the face. He's got a douchebag haircut too. What's that he's got that flat top
0: uh who's the bully in um Back to the Future? Guile. Guile? <laughs> oh Guile with a G. I get
1: that confused Street Fighter. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, okay.
0: <laughs> What's the name of the bully looks, from Back to the Future?
1: He looks like Buzz from uh from Home Alone. Yeah, it's a Buzz there. Buzz's buzz girlfriend. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm over here, you big horse's ass. <laughs> I feel like that's such a quotable movie. That's one I, wa- I cannot wait to. No, I did. I watched that with. That's right. We talked about that, I think. I, re- I watched that with my kids this holiday season. They didn't. So much of it was over their head. You know, your was- kids start booby trapping your house. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing uncontrollably at some of it, though. That movie, that is a, that's a movie that holds up. Oh, good. yeah, it's solid. But uh, yeah, I think the picture on the left here is it's just a Bible verse. And I think that's just what relates to the question and the answer. So the Bible verse is uh, Psalm 19, 7 and 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. By them, is your servant warned, in keeping them, there is great reward and somehow they extrapolate a really stupid answer from that. So, question, what if I don't feel bad when I do something wrong before I even read the answer. I this is going to take as long to as get through. I'm sure <laughs> that I probably thought, but I remember thinking about that in the way that it's just like if you don't feel bad it's because you did it so much that God just turned you over. You're you're a ways. reprobate. Yeah. It's just like this guy's hopeless. It's, we've God hardened his heart and told him to go fuck himself depending on the sin could hard other yeah. things. <laughs> all right some cars come with an alarm system they're supposed to keep people from trying to steal the car or smash it up but it's possible to unhook an alarm so it doesn't go off that's what it's like if you pretend that's what it's like if you pretend you don't feel bad when
1: you've done something wrong well there's a little psychology going on there i the word "pretend" there is a bit of a limp so. Word. Josh is making the assumption that these kids do feel bad about it. The only people who don't feel bad are liars. <laughs> if you're if you're eight years old and you already don't feel bad about stealing a fruit roll-up without your parents seeing, yeah, I uh, I don't know. Leave them behind. That's what I say. Um,
0: that's what it's like if you pretend you don't feel bad when you've done something wrong. God created you to have an alarm to feel bad for doing wrong. He did that to warn you away from sin. But sometimes you start to feel good when you do bad. You might punch your sister, for example, and smile about it. So now we're dealing with socio sociopathy, I guess.
1: Why do they always suggest this kind of stuff? Like, I don't think it's, like, assumed that kids are gonna like violently attack their siblings and
0: yeah i think it's bizarre that you to say that you do it and then like afterwards be like i felt so good like yeah most acts of violence like that is you do it out of a, a reaction like and then you go oh shit oh god what did i just do <laughs> that's how most of it works if yeah. any kid punches their sibling and then looks down at them on their ground and just creepily grins and walks off. That's some like good son shit. And Macaulay Culkin is like the Macaulay Culkin Elijah Wood movie. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like creepy shit when that kid's
0: like that malicious. That's what we're talking about right now. Or you might take a friend's cookie and feel good that you got it for free because eight-year-olds have concepts of money. Feelings should warn you away from sin, but feelings can also fool you, which means your feelings are irrelevant and we shouldn't be talking about them at all. And I don't understand how they can make those cross connections. So God gave you his commands in the Bible. When you learn what the Bible says, you can always be sure about right and wrong. Like it's okay to sleep with your brother's wife as long, or with someone's wife, as long as you put them in the front lines of battle and get them killed. Then you're, then you're up. Well, that no, that was that's wrong. a bad example. He did think that yes, was wrong
1: because you right. Got
0: punished for that. What are some really good examples of things that you can do? Like you can cut off your wife's arm if to try when she's trying to defend you, she accidentally grabs your neighbor's testicles to incapacitate him. Then you need to just cut your wife's arm off, and that, so that's an example of something that you can you you might feel dip, not you might not feel good about it, and you might not know if that's the right thing to do. But the Bible is clear. And you can trust that the Lord is guiding you. So that I get what he's saying. I remember
1: that story. Very that's like from the uh, Catholic director's cut of the Bible. <laughs> you don't remember it? The lady grabbed a guy's balls
0: and. Yeah. We posted that one before. It's don't like, look in the, bu- it's yeah, in the it's book. It's not in the book. It's not in the book. I'm looking at <to>, Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe this is on the cover. Yeah. It's like if, uh, if you're. I, know, I guess it's if your wife tries, is like trying to protect you because you're in an altercation with your neighbor and she ends up grabbing his balls and yeah, you have to cut her arm off. Does it matter
1: like how, how long she hangs on or just like if she just grazes him, like, is that, I think it's an intentional move to
0: incapacitate.
1: Like I
0: can't overpower the sand, but I can just grab onto his nutsack real hard. And know that he'll just he'll collapse afterwards. and then, But then that was wrong, even though she was doing it to save her husband. And the husband goes, I hate that I have to do this, but give me your hand. And he puts it out on a stump and whips out a machete and chops it off. And then give. I think this is a little bit of um, midrash right here. But I think then you give it to your neighbor as a peace offering. And then he sucks the fingers at night when he goes to bed. I think that's simply, so you let him cool off and you're like, sorry about her. Yeah. Well, we got a little out of control
1: here, but sorry about the bitch. <laughs> so there's just some, there's just some forms of self-defense that are immoral for women. I mean, I think that's... All forms that of self-defense
0: are immoral for women. Okay. Because women are your property. I think you're... Was show? Yeah. No, I think you're just having a hard time understanding... Uh, the rules of the Bible and how they still apply today. You pig! <laughs> Do we want to move on to the next one?
1: Yeah, I think we we have that. more to Chopper extrapolate off, from this. Uh, I think there was, off, was another dude was right after that.
0: Uh, we don't have to get into it, but another one was pretty cool. Why does sin keep me from being friends with God?
1: That's pretty damaging oh, for children. I think the uh, the not feeling bad about doing something wrong, like. There's a lot happening there in terms of like how they're trying to frame morality to kids. Like, yeah, you look, obviously you feel bad that you did a pretty like meaningless thing. Like you took somebody's cookie like that's not nice. If you don't feel bad about it, like you're broken. There's something wrong with you. So you need to feel bad about it. Yeah. Or if you don't feel bad, you're just pretending, which means you're like a conniving child. Yeah. Yeah, you're manipulative in, in asserting that you don't feel bad about it. It's like, you know, the shroud of guilt should never leave you ever. Yeah. And your feelings don't matter. <laughs> well,
0: that's what's strange about the way they address feelings is it's saying like feelings should warn you away from sin, but feelings can also fool you. You're saying nothing anymore. You're like, if if your feelings don't, then you're wrong. And if your feelings do in those what you feel bad about lines up with what I think is wrong, then you're right. And it's like feelings are arbitrary at that point. There's no real like rhyme or reason to them. It's just you dictating to these kids what they should and shouldn't feel bad about. And depending on whether or not they fall in line with that, you go, well, you know, also our moral compasses can just not work sometimes. It just makes everything um, relative. It's like
1: in an attempt to, ground them to an immovable standard, you basically throw their entire world in a disarray in a way. And yeah, but then you're you you call it a movable standard, but you're also forced to try to hit a moving target constantly. Okay, so Papa Sam, <laughs> clean that up for me. What do I if what okay, how would you reframe that to make it less messy and manipulative and Josh McDowelly? For your kid like what if i don't feel bad about doing something wrong
0: so well if i'm talking to my kids i've because kids do stuff all the time when they'll push they'll hit they'll take something from somebody else that they want and it's it, i generally try to frame it in a way of like you call back to an instance because they happen so frequently that it usually you can call back to an instance in which a similar situation happened to them and they didn't like it so like if like my daughter takes my, a toy from my son and he comes up crying about it. Like usually a day or two before that, he did the same thing. Cause that's just what kids do. And yeah. I'm like, you'll just sit them down and talk to them both and be like, you know, what happened the other day when you wanted to use toy X and, and then it got taken and then they they'll think about it and they'll, they'll be like, it made me feel sad. And then you get those answers from them. And then like, do you, do you like to feel that way? And they're like, no. And then, Do you want to make other people have those feelings if you don't like them? And they don't. And then usually, like, they work it out after that. Like, you just try to level it in a way, level with them in a way that they can understand it and internalize it instead of just being like, there's this immovable standard. Like, hey, it's wrong to do that. And because uh, that's wrong, also, that sin sends you to hell if you don't feel bad about it. Jesus Christ, that's so bad. That's such an awful way to look at it. And I don't think that's necessarily what they're saying here. Even though my parents probably would have like thought a lot of this was probably good or true, they were still better at like framing it in a palatable way for kids than this. Uh, this is just shitty.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like almost with this kind of stuff, there's such an effort to put forth like this like perfect interpretation of the one true moral standard as so though the that, bible has one yeah yeah like there's it removes like nuance from the equation yeah completely but most parents when talking to their kid about it are probably gonna find the the the, the more reasonable position to express to them
0: yeah and i think it i think this preys on parents who don't necessarily know what to do also I don't know that these books are striving the way that they used to. I would like to know what the sales are on similar books today and how, how they're applied. But I feel like boomer I feel like there's a lot of boomer parents that got like saved in their early twenties and were trying to figure out how to raise their kids. And they're like, Oh, maybe books like this will help. And I just, I do wonder like if, if the same types of things are being equally employed or if there's, if it's has less of like a, a grip. I don't know. Maybe I'm so far out of that world now that it's just hard for me to fathom parents doing that. I bet they're still writing books because... These people are (laughs) frauds! Yeah. Alright. Let's move on to another one. How could God write a book? So I asked that how a kid would ask it. His fingers are so big. Look, I interjected that. That's me. Uh, God didn't drop the Bible on us from heaven, wrapped in black leather and decorated with a big bow. Instead, God used people to write his book, but none of the writers just put down their own thoughts. They all wrote God's messages. Sometimes God spoke out loud through the prophets and told them to write down what he said. Other times, he writes... Other times the writers knew in their hearts what they should write. Either way, the message they passed on to us was God's. They spoke and wrote so we could know God's words. What's your reaction to that, Casey?
1: um yeah i don't know it's such <laughs> like a face value expression of what they think that yeah that answer is not uh, Well,
0: what it's not shocking i guess i was hoping there'd be a little bit more out of it but it is silly it it's silly because well one i obviously we got that message but sometimes god spoke out loud to the prophets well and then they wrote it down i guess or someone wrote it down and then I guess it's like comes down to how do you know that that's a choice. You're just choosing to believe that that's what happened with zero reason to believe that like you, you have to choose to believe that for particular reasons and then frame your entire worldview and belief around that belief.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the stuff that we talked about it a bunch, but like that's what fell apart for me eventually was just this idea that It was the sacred, protected word that was, you know, passed down perfect through the ages while simultaneously being, you know, hearing like, that's not a legitimate version. That's not a legitimate version. This translation's bad. That translation, only this translation.
0: Oh, and we don't follow that rule anymore because
1: that was before and now we do things differently. It's like there's so many false translations like being proliferated right now. Is that a new thing? Is that only right now that there's been that? I mean, obviously, it's the most that there's ever been, I guess. But
0: Yeah, and they keep making new ones. I'm not sure how you get a new translation, actually.
1: It has to be different enough, I would suppose, from a previous one. But I like to think that somewhere in America, there's a 20-something narcissist sitting in a Taco Bell, furiously like scribbling down notes from a Hebrew Bible.
0: That could be it. Well, there's not a lot to say about that one. It's just pretty par for the course. It doesn't make sense. There's no real reason. I mean, they would say there's a reason to think that, but they would go back to the Bible proving itself. But that's also a choice because when you look at what they're saying is the Bible proving itself, I would, I look at that and see something completely different. So like they'll, they'll point to the gospels. Well, you know, the gospels talk about Jesus and they look at all the stories that are the same. And then they talk about the death, burial and resurrection. It's like, you you can get that, but that doesn't necessarily mean like I don't know. I just think it's frustrating because I look at that and go, yeah. Well, those were also written sixty to ninety years after Jesus died. They weren't written close to each we'll other. Really talk about they that were written very much. Se- like decades apart. Uh, modern scholarship assumes that you know at least a couple of the books were like that. Mark is the earliest, and that Mark was extrapolating from you know, this idea of like the gospel of Q, which we've talked about a little bit, but Triggered. Q, yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> and then they go, like everyone's extrapolating from something else except for John, which is written the latest. And that's also the most like, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. It, I don't know. John, but John's different. Like the way that like it's more focused on, people would say i guess people would be like oh it's more focused on love or the character of jesus in some ways but either way they just look at that and go like so they're saying well i think you can trust the bible about jesus because of the four gospels and then i would be like i think that that's a bad reason based on what we know about how and when they were written but it's saying something about him you're just not getting any real you're not it's just shorthand. It's just, hey. It makes it convenient for you to be like, well, this is it. And that settles it. And there's no real conversation about it. And I think that's the disservice that it does. Look,
1: if you believe that Jesus took on the sins of the world and he died so that you could be forgiven and go to heaven. I mean, something that big, something that extravagant. How hard is it to believe that God Helped a couple of old pricks write a book. You know, <laughs> if you believe that Jesus Christ created the fractional reserve banking system so that we could deliver freedom to the Middle East and the rest of the world, soon to be China, then how hard is it to believe that God could guide the hand of Noah or Constantine or, you know, whoever, whoever. Uh, amazing. amazing. Yeah. Guys that write books. Yeah, I mean, you drive a
0: solid point and I've changed my mind. So, Josh McDowell, you are correct. God Good bless sir. America. I think this one was fun because I feel like this is one that everyone thought about, even though we didn't really have a lot of opportunity to do it given our social circles. But do I have to tell people about Jesus? Oh, this is my nightmare one. <laughs> <laughs> this is my least favorite thing, I feel like. How many people did you? I know we've talked about not having. A lot of converts but how many people did you tell about jesus
1: there was a guy in college like my first year of college that i remember like telling telling about jesus i remember telling my neighbor about jesus when i was younger i don't remember to what extent and i remember telling this guy in college about jesus with you know my roommate at the time um you know after saying some really awful homophobic things over the course of like several months telling him about Jesus. And then later finding out that he had come out of the closet and he was gay.
0: Oh my God. No, that's tough. When it,
1: yeah. Every time I think about that, I just want to like jump in front of a bus. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, dude, I
0: had similar experience. I wasn't telling these people about Jesus, but one of the guys that I worked with, uh, who I still talk to a little bit here and there is um, I've, it was, I was willfully ignorant about the fact that he was gay. Like it was, uh, it's just, I don't want to say it was obvious because it's, I don't, you're not supposed to say that, but there was a lot of writing on the wall. I was like, okay. And I remember him talking about, you know, wanting to move in there. His, his best friends were girls and he was like, I think I might move in with them. And I remember giving him a whole speech about like, I don't think that's right. Like you shouldn't live with girls. (laughs) And uh, meanwhile, the guy he was living with at the time was also a closeted gay man. And they both knew each other were were out, but it's like, there was way more chance of something happening there than him moving in with his (laughs) girlfriend. And so it was just like, okay, this is like, I look back on that. I'm like, that's a cringy experience for me, but I working with him, I mean, I, we talked about stuff like that all the time because you couldn't be an evangelical and talk about political stuff without conversations around whether or not it's okay to be gay coming up. And God, I, I know there was some... I, he was one of those people where like, after like we were talking, like texting at one point years ago, and I was just like, he needs to know that I know he's gay because someone else had let me know. And he had never told me, but he had told a friend that was I was close with, and I was like, "Look, man, I just—I don't know if it's like the right thing to do to be the one to mention it, but like, I just want you to know that I—I know you're gay, and that I feel like an absolute piece of shit for so many of the things that I said. Like that was fucked up, and like, just so you know that I've—I have shifted, and I affirm you completely. And I don't know, it was a good experience. Like he was like he appreciated it we went back and forth about that for a little bit but it's like god so i get it i i've made some of the same mistakes
1: where you just say awful things i love the idea of young you thinking about him being gay as like you know like him not being gay is like his first day of a keto diet where you're like hey look yesterday's in the past Today could be the day that you just don't do that. Yeah, Just say no to carbs today. And, you know, it could be the first day of the rest of your life. Just say no to dick
0: (laughs) today. Just today. It's like an alcoholic. We treated them like alcoholics. Like, how about you just don't do that today? Like, we'll just focus on today. Oh, man. That is so true. Now, okay, to be clear, like, that's how we treated it. Alcoholics, just focus on today. Okay, I'm not trying to tell you to... Throw that out the window. don't take like, any I'm
1: advice from this show. Yeah,
0: we're not giving advice. We're <laughs> not just, just this episode, any saying of things.
1: We just say things.
0: <laughs> Alright, let's see what Josh's answer is to uh, whether or not we have to tell people about Jesus. Because I did, and I feel good about that. What? <laughs> Multiple times. I told people about Jesus. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Where did that one go? I know. we You didn't put it in. We don't have that drop. You're going to add it as we speak? Oh, man. Yeah. Do your thing. I'll, oh, it's I'll not work. There. All right. Did you know? Okay. We just asked a question. So maybe just don't. We're talking to children here. Don't answer a question with a question. That's probably a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that you have been given the most important job on Earth? Yes, You. Some people don't want that much responsibility. It's a bad pitch to start Most out people. with that. If you have trusted in Jesus as your Savior, <clears throat> then God has appointed you to be his messenger. He asks you to spread the good news that he wants to be friends with everyone in this world. And he offers forgiveness in Jesus. It's one of the biggest commands Jesus ever gave. He said to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone everywhere. God doesn't expect you to do the job alone. He has surrounded you with other Christians who have the same job. And Jesus himself promises to always be with you. Telling others about Jesus is a task God commands you to do. But it's also a job you should be glad that God allows you to do for (laughs) you. I hate that. Um, I don't know what age group this book is for. I don't think it's said anywhere. They should, right? They should give in the age group. You're going to be old enough to give your sister a concussion, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I like how this book assumes that like these kids are not in a social circle that's exclusively Christian, like all of us were. So many of us were. They're like, you need to tell people about Jesus. You're like, where? When? That was the thing. Like The grocery the store, asshole. Oh, you're eight and you're in the grocery store? Maybe talk to the kid who's also looking at that six-pack of airheads that you really want. Ask her if she knows, Jesus. I don't, whatever. I mean, I guess, I, oh, actually, uh, I'm going to call ahead to an episode that will be coming out uh, maybe after this one. I, well, after this one, I don't know if it's a week after or not, but talking to Luke. Uh, something, Luke Wilson, uh, something came up uh, in that conversation about, he mentioned it being about like, people like christians having to tell other people like the intent of christianity is a sen- is in a sense colonization to like make those converts and i don't think we got into it there um but one of the things that came to my mind was like yeah as a kid you think it as an evangelical it's like yeah your job is to tell everyone the typical story like did you know jesus uh Lived a sinless life and died the death you should have died and rose, and blah, 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 blah. It's like you're supposed to give that pitch, but like there is also like this, despite the fact that you know the Christian religion has been a disaster since its empirical inception. But it's like when you look at what Jesus was doing and what he was talking about, and the fact that he was Jewish and what he was telling people, uh, it's there's definitely a decent sized group of people that would consider what that commandment was, was not necessarily colonization, but saying like, Hey, guess what? Everything's okay. Like <laughs> it's like the unconditional positive regard, uh, where you're like, when you look at Jesus talking to people that society had cast out and didn't care about and didn't take care of. And the idea was like, the good news is that there's a, there's that you, that there's a, place where you are welcome and not so much like you know christianity evangelicalism turns into like this future thing but it's more like you should be taking care of people right here all the time unconditionally right now so that's generally the way that i would consider it i think again you look at the way the christian religion has bastardized everything and turned this into like this infallible book instead of something interesting and to engage with but it I don't know. I that's what I always find frustrating about like that approach. was like you need to tell people about Jesus, but it's more like there's this idea that people who are not considered worthy of life or have a, have uh, who are considered to be lesser people uh, in a caste society or something like that 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 they actually matter and that there's a space can be made for them to have a community despite the fact that maybe the organizations writ large have cast them out. So that's how I look at that. Maybe I'm just being wishful and trying to make something better out of it and saying, well, the original way to look at it, because that obviously doesn't help when it's so shitty right now and the way that they look at it is shitty. And is, it, it was used to colonize everything. So whether or not that's Jesus' fault or
1: everyone else afterwards, I don't really know what you want to do with that. Yeah, I think humans do what humans do under all sorts of different banners. That's where I kind of feel like I, like my, I find myself at odds with some of the like ex evangelical thinking on some of this stuff. Cause like the idea that like all evangelism is like negative and colonial and, and I don't know, some sort of like cultural genocide to, to preach, you know, Christianity or whatever else, you know, Islam or whatever. I, maybe I'm, just cynical but i think that's kind of funny in that <laughs> dude we're all we're all selling something i mean give me a break you know like whether that's christianity or buddhism or you know democratic socialism democratic socialism we're we're all trying to convert everyone to think like us we're all little mini caesars that are trying to replicate our thought processes outside, even when we don't have any confidence in them and we don't believe that we know anything about anything. Like that's just what people do. I think that you can do those things and be a normal human and also be considerate of other people's beliefs and stuff like that. There's obviously, there's a big difference between being like, Hey man, uh, you know, I've got a church thing going on this weekend. It's really fun. I think it'd be, you know, something that you'd enjoy. Would you like to come? Or, hey, I know you're going through a rough time right now. Uh, I go to this community group through my church and it's been helpful for me. I I couldn't help but think about you. And I was wondering if you wanted to go. There's a difference between that and then like screaming in someone's face that like they're going to hell and they're a heathen instead. Yeah. And like, we've all seen i agree with that. those examples and everything in between but i think like the idea that like spreading your belief system whether it's christianity or anything else is just like inherently wrong and bad is it's it's it doesn't delusion. give other people enough credit either no people aren't people aren't stupid like they're not incapable of making those decisions that's the other thing that sometimes bothers me about like how this stuff is framed is like you know, you watch like that, like that Hillsong documentary. Yeah, where they talk about you know all the ills of things going on, and it's yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a pretty crappy organization <laughs> with some really right. crappy people at the top, and that's how you get that big is by clawing your way through, right? But like the demeaning, condescending way that like those types of like that documentary talks about people, like. I don't think it's, I just don't think they think of it in these terms. I don't think that they mean to like degrade the people in the audience, but like they talk about the congregation as if they're like being preyed upon and they're just not smart enough to see that they're being fooled. And it's like, you know, maybe they just like what's being sold. Maybe they're not really that invested in the same things that you are. And maybe like, they like going on Sunday and it's a positive atmosphere and they get to sing songs and shake hands and say, Hey brother, how are you doing? You know, I mean, maybe they just like that. Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody can see that the guy's wearing $2,500 sneakers or a $4,000 jacket. <laughs> like, it's not a secret. You're not a, you're not a, a detective for like noticing that he's got Prada socks on, right? Like those people see that. And they still choose to give their money to them. It doesn't make them stupid. It just makes their... They are getting something different from that than you are. So I don't know. I mean, sometimes I just get irritated at the way that they talk about those people. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, like I see that, you know, the way that Christianity has been used to justify like, you know, just ruining other cultures and stuff. That's yeah. That's there too. And that's, you know, there's no denying that. Right. Yeah.
0: I, I think what gets tough about it is again, the these, like we've, we've all done our, anyone who grew up Chris, well, maybe not anyone, but a lot of us who did all like tried to witness to people. And we watched that be an abject failure. So like, who, does it only work on people who are in a position that are primed for it? And that could come off as predatory, right? If you find people who are like down in their lock or something like that, like, And maybe you hit them at the right point. Maybe, yeah, it comes off as predatory. But also it's been, you know, you have looked at, if you, it's weird to look at it and you have to like kind of juxtapose it as like a, how it affects people on an individual level and then how like it is
1: affected on a systemic level. And how you view it yourself depends on what you look at that as. Like if somebody's in a, in a bind, they're in a bad spot, they're in emotional distress and you feel that this fills that hole in your life like i don't think it's it's inherently wrong for you to go to that person with those things you know
0: right and if your personal experience is that it, it's helped like it's hard to say that like it, it makes sense that you would tell that to somebody else but i don't know i feel like that's different that is still slightly different than like because you've you you're doing that based on like a a, a relationship that you've built like, as i look at it in the way of like trying to pull people out of maybe that like pull people out of that. Like I would be interested in pulling people out of that. If I think they're doing it in a way that's harmful, if they're stuck in like this, like conservative, this like all right conservative mentality where you're like, yeah, of course my goal at this point is to try to like pull people out of that. If I can, I wouldn't miss an opportunity to try that. But I also understand that like most of the people in my life that I could talk to about it are not going to listen to me. But if I found that someone was feeling like that someone was in a position where I thought they were capable or ready to have a conversation about something like that. Like, yeah, I, I would like to, and it is weird. I think we've talked before about wanting to like, you know, uh, when we talk about this specifically, actually talking about like, go and make disciples. Like often people are just trying to make copies of themselves and because like, oh, I believe this and this is what's right. And I want to, you just, it's a, everything's memetic. You want to copy, you want to make copies of yourselves. It's in our biology. And it's why we want to fuck so much. Like, it's why, like, it's just so much part of like our, our psychology that like, you're going to want to make copies of yourself. And that's what I find myself trying to resist at this point. So like going back to this, going back to this idea of what I think is important and what matters i'll even tie it back to my you know studies so far and getting my degree in counseling where you're like uh, i mentioned unconditional positive regard before which was it's a it's a theory that's in counseling approach that was started by a guy named carl rogers and it's like the whole idea of it is to just is that whoever you're talking to is just constant affirmation like and, and to help like you don't you don't tell them anything you don't give them any instruction you don't give them any guidance you just you you help them frame their their conflicts and and you frame their conflicts and you help them understand the delineation between the two and you and you affirm their ability to think about those as an adult who has their own moral fiber, which might be different than yours. And you're not trying to impose your systems of belief on somebody else, but trying to help somebody come to healthy conclusions about how they should live their life based on who they are and what how they're going to be able to to do their best and live their best life.
1: Okay. Well, like, what's, what's like an example of that? Like- so – let's let's role play it out well okay here we go you're acting like Um, i'm gonna do this like i can do this super effectively you know i'm just in a bad spot right now um my kids don't talk to me anymore uh my husband is or my wife is you you can't be gay in this scenario okay so that's the real problem here we're gonna start no (laughs) i'm feeling a lot of judgment (laughs) And, you know, You're not my client, the government, obviously, <laughs> You're, this you this know, is too many making things that the, they're, they're turning the frogs gay. Mm. They want to take away our guns. Um, you know, sleepy Joe Biden robbed Donald J. Trump of the election. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking around at this system and I'm thinking like, this is broken. And how long before we got to take up arms? and, and, and restore America to its rightful place. And like, I'm just not sure what to do with that.
0: Well, first of all, if I think that you might be a danger to yourself or others, I do have to report that. So <laughs>
1: take up arms, uh, you know, like <laughs> mentally. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is, this is an info war.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm still not convinced. You seem like, <laughs> seem like you're peddling back. <laughs> well that was a lot of
1: conflict let me let's say i had a friend who was following a certain politician around and memorizing his daily schedule but
0: there was this there is an interview that he does that i had to watch, where it's like the person's conflict is like their kids ask their kid her kid asks her about whether or not it's a i don't know something about sexual relationships between unmarried people but she's recently divorced and has had people stay the night and she feels bad about it, but also thinks that it should be fine, but doesn't want to lie to her daughter and wants to give her like, be honest and open with her daughter. Cause she thinks that that was part of the issues that she had growing up was that like the parents were very like fake and that they didn't really have a real relationship or explain things to her. So like the back and forth is like, she's try she's even trying to ask him for advice and he's just like, look, we, it's, I don't want to impose my belief because if you, if you go out of your way to impose your beliefs on somebody and they use that as an excuse to justify something that they may not be comfortable with, they're still going to live with that inner conflict and they're not going to find any sort of like healing or pro- like they're not going to process that in the way that you want them to in order. To- but it doesn't actually mean everyone's going to turn out as a copy of you. So that's anyway, this is getting tangential, but that was my point. It's like the intent isn't to make copies of yourself. And I, that's what I think was neat about, and what's so problematic about evangelicalism is it's like you're trying to make copies of your evangelical Christian self. And we know that evangelicalism has a problem these days with uh, being particularly like in the way that they want to spread it. It's a particularly white culture, and that doesn't always translate well into the places that they've spread it. Um, but when I think about it from my perspective, In that it's not so much like this doctrine or culture that you're trying to process, that you're trying to spread. And you're not getting people to assent to these ideas of like, uh, of a sacrifice system where God had to kill his own son. And like that, all that stuff gets a pretty, I don't know, that goes off the rails pretty quickly to me. But when you think of it in, as I've tried correlating it back to like this idea of like, every single person, regardless of whether or not they believe what you believe, has does have value and that you can you can help them to feel, I guess, that value. And, and you can positively regard them to an extent where they start to feel that self-worth uh, and that despite the fact that maybe certain societies don't like them or want anything to do with them or have kind of cast them out. Even, I mean, I guess if you look at that in regard to our own society, when you look at like, the way like when you look at poverty and how our systems don't care about poor people at all. That's super clear. I like kind of prey upon them and the rich get richer off of them. So it's like, I don't know. I, I guess I just think of my idea of what it would be to spread that quote unquote gospel, which is pretty triggering language and sounds awful. And I don't really like saying it, but it's like when I think of what Jesus would do and how he would go to like even telling stories like the good samaritan which was a system of like which was a story of in-group out-group crossing of like boundary like there's no in-group there's no out-group it's all the same and you can choose to live into that or not and i think to me that's what the the world doesn't do that no culture no system no government no nothing has that as a way of life so it's up to individuals to choose to live into that and i think to me that's what the quote unquote good news would be is like, that's why it sucks to me about seeing it bastardized like this and telling kids, an eight year old that, you know, if you feel, if you are a Christian, God gave you the greatest job of all time. And then we, I did it. I told my friends about Jesus. Nobody accepted Christ except for one who ended up not being Christian anymore too. So like, it just, what was that? It was just like, it was just an unneeded burden and pressure put on me to convince other 11 and 12 and 13 year olds that like they just believed the wrong things despite their parents telling them otherwise. Oh, I've been talking for too long. You didn't have anything else going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I gotcha.
0: Cool. I guess you don't have anything to say to that. <laughs> Does that mean I converted you? You use a
1: lot of fancy college boy. Did words. I convert it takes you? takes me time.
0: So could I ask you, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Well, I'm a once saved, always saved kind of so okay uh well i believe that you can lose your salvation and i think you did so where do we go from here agree to disagree and hope for the best
1: yeah cross your fingers hope not to die i will go to hell (laughs) cool do we want to do one more let's do one more all right i'll let
0: you choose which one we do why do some christians not act like christians or what
1: will it look like in heaven oh let's do why do some christians not act like christians
0: because they're not real christians that's my guess point case we can shut this shit down (laughs) all right Welp. oh let's look at this picture look at that two-faced son of a bitch i don't know if we'll put this audio the camera's all backwards and shit i don't know if we'll put this video up but i'm 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 pointing the book at the camera
1: that is a strange picture it's a person a with devil, devil, person. devil horns and they're holding up an open face mask of themselves with a halo over top of it.
0: And the Bible verse under it is Philippians one twenty seven. Be sure that you live in a way that brings honor to the good news of Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Why well, do doesn't some
1: sound like my translation?
0: Christians not act like Christians. Well, let me tell you. Oh, I think we have uh oh, we got a uh, I'm going to give you a little spoiler. We get an original Greek.
1: Oh, cool. So
0: get ready. My favorite. There's a big word in the Bible for a person who says he is a Christian, but does not act like one. Hypocrite. It comes from the name of ancient Greek actors famous for the masks they hid behind. They say that in such a nefarious way. It's literally just, it was just people playing characters. (laughs) Yeah. They're actors. It was like people doing plays. Okay. Yeah, in a cool benign, Josh. non-threatening way. Yeah. Famous for the masks they hid
1: behind. They
0: weren't hiding. They were openly pretending to be other people. Anyway, I think Josh
1: isn't a hippogriff.
0: I think Josh is a hippogriff. <laughs> Secretly just <laughs> a hippogriff. <laughs> Writing books. In some giant-ass birdcage. <laughs> Using his own quills. <laughs> Draw that picture. That's the illustration I want. <laughs> it's what Jesus called the religious people who acted good on the outside, but were full of sin on the inside. I still think he's completely wrong about that, too. He got very angry with them. Not for sinning once, twice, or even many times but for pretending to be good when they weren't i like reading things in that tone because you could actually read something that's legit and smart and make them sound like a fucking idiot (laughs) like the 9-11 report yeah (laughs) (laughs) some hypocrites say they are christians but do unkind things to other people when non-christians see that they think all christians are fakers are fakes big giant fakers (laughs) Being a hypocrite is the exact opposite of what Jesus wants us to be. So don't ever be a pretender. Be a believer who loves Jesus through and through and shows it by the way
1: you act. I like, uh, this is always like how this kind of stuff is spelled out. It's always put in a way that's like, I call them Pinos that are
0: Christians in name only. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they always frame it in a way of like, hey there's these people and they're amongst us and they're fake okay they say one thing and they do another and you don't want to be one of them Mm-mm. it's like it's like it's a whole separate category of human beings that exists like within their their subsect and and culture and they're so like they're completely defined Japan. that way <laughs> <laughs> uh- I feel like we should do a role play again. One
0: last role play. Okay. So, one of us is is the Christian, and the other person is someone who doesn't like Christians because they don't think Christians act like Christians. Okay. And we'll see where it goes. Who do you want to be? I want to be the Christian. All right, cool. All right. So, I'm tell you I'm telling you why I don't like I, look, I just see a lot of Christians that you know i look at evangelicals and i, I go look they love trump they voted for him by and large and to me that just doesn't line up with what i was taught the gospel was and that all seems like fake christianity and i don't i don't want anything to do with that
1: okay well you know a lot of people talk about trump that way trump is what i'd like to call a, a baby christian oh okay Yeah, so, you know, sometimes when we're new in the word and the truth, it takes some time to shake off the bad habits of the world.
0: Yeah, I guess I just think the ideology as a whole is bad. Like, he sucks. But, like, just all the beliefs are bad. So I just don't want anything to do with anything that you think is a good idea. What is, I mean, what do you? Do you sunburn easy? uh, I melt easy
1: because I'm a snowflake. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, things are going to get rough for you. Yeah, you know, maybe soon. This is a, maybe less soon. I guess
0: some people have told me that my heart is just hard. That because I think they're fake Christians, I've just turned my back on God. What you do know, you think about
1: that? You know what I think? Because I love—I
0: think I love God, and Jesus seems really cool, and I want to believe. But if if that's what Christianity is, I just—I don't want anything to do with it. Well, look, man. Here's here's the thing. Okay. No, good points start saying, out with "Here's the thing." So we're, I'm excited.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me just let me just tell you how it is. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, as Christians, this verse that says we're called to be of the world or in the world, but not of the world. Okay, which means that is like, the Republican Party not of the world? Well. Here's what i'll tell you i'll let you finish. sometimes can you i know, finish <laughs> god's law looks different to different people okay because when you're not grounded in in hmm. the word of god like some things that seem harsh or mean you know may actually be an act of love like for instance uh you know let's say I knew somebody who was a a, a, a kleptomaniac, right? Oh. They just have this impulsive urge to steal all the time, right? Okay. Now, the world might tell you that, hey, you got that feeling in you. That means that it's right. You need to live your truth and just go do what you want to do. But me, you know, from the outside, I say, hey, you shouldn't steal. It hurts other people. It's bad for business. Uh, you know, Walmart doesn't appreciate it when you take away their, their merchandise and look, you could go to jail. Okay. Mm. So while it seems like it might be a message of love to say, like, you know, you feel that way and that's just how you are. And you just need to follow your internal compass Mm -hmm. towards doing what you want to do. You know, I think, uh, wouldn't you agree that it would be more loving for me to tell you hey, you shouldn't steal because you might get caught and go to jail. Well, you
0: make a good point. And I would like to accept Jesus into my (laughs) (laughs) heart. I'm ready. I have like like 15 years
1: worth of sales in me now that I didn't have when I was in junior high. And like, I'd be way better at witnessing now.
0: Yeah. I don't think I would be able to do it still. (laughs) Not in that way. It's so, dude, I feel it. Oh God. I want someone to witness to me. That's I want someone to legitimately try to witness to me for real. I think I would enjoy that, and I'd be like, "Excuse me, hold on one second. Do you mind if I record this conversation?" (laughs) (laughs) And it would be an episode. It would be really fun.
1: Yeah, I think I uh, I mentioned uh, a while back about my buddy uh, my buddy Ray met a guy at the health club. Similar, similar (laughs) Ray met a guy at his health club. And the guy was real friendly and and found out where he worked and was like i'd like to learn some more about that and let can we go to lunch and talk about that interesting he gets to lunch and the guy takes there a backpack full it. of tupperware out <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he kind of lured him to lunch under the under the premise that like he wanted to learn more about his business when in fact they get to lunch he didn't care anything about that. He's there to teach him about the word of God. Nice. And, and this guy is the perfect person to be in that situation. And I would pay so much money to listen to that conversation. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Yeah. I think that was his reaction. Yeah. You know, but uh, I feel like the next time we're together in person, like we should don some like white, shirts and black ties and like go out and try to witness the people that would be so funny hidden camera uh witnessing role play in person in the flesh see if we still got it i mean we never had it so
0: (laughs) you yeah that's true and you've already said you think you'd be really good at it now we should okay the winner is the person who saves the most souls that day i like that yeah what does the winner get a jewel in their crown okay but you mean now
1: yeah like could we have a now prize hmm well have sex I'm not with really me. sure what <laughs> we could do
0: uh, we'll have to think about that we'll maybe, think of a good maybe prize maybe people can chime in uh, we can get some suggestions from the listeners on what would be a good prize for the person who
1: saves the most souls the winner gets to pick out a tattoo for the loser oh my god there's no there's no way I would ever yeah, do yeah I know right <laughs> It has to be a tramp
0: stamp, though. That's where, that location. Yeah. Anything. But it can't be more than
1: like, what, four by four? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's still potentially very embarrassing. No,
0: it's terrible. That's really bad. I think I would end up getting a divorce over that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking about maybe maybe like a comma. A comma? I'll get a comma as a tattoo. Maybe a semicolon. We'll see.
0: Well, we'll have to think about it.
1: But we'll come up with a solid plan. So I know we got a few parents in the audience. Um, highly recommend Children Demand Verdict, and really anything by Josh McDowell. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of, you know, powerful spiritual insight in here, biblical wisdom. Uh, yeah, I'll be and using great this book cartoons, for my kids for sure. Yeah. Why is there a guy on the cover like measuring the cross with a tape measure?
0: What let <laughs> me he... see. Because he's he's building evidence and someone else is taking a picture of the manger that Jesus was born in and someone else is right behind Balaam's ass. I guess that looks like Balaam's ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah. A true hero. That donkey's about to talk. <laughs> he looks like he's been punched in the face a few times <laughs> and he's ready to, uh you know, demand an apology. Well, yeah. So, thank you uh, for joining us on this very special edition of the uh, Growing Up Christian Book Club. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we got to be together for our second recording. It was magical,
1: very fun. Yeah, it's it is a shame that we don't get to do this in person very often. But I know. Um, well,
0: if uh, you haven't. You should follow us on Instagram. That's where we're most active. You can't Twitter, but Twitter's a cesspool, and Twitter can go fuck itself. But I use it. I'll post stuff to it sometimes.
1: And you can't follow also, us on Facebook because we don't do it because it sucks, so we quit.
0: Yeah. Did I say Facebook? No. No, I you said okay.
1: Instagram or Twitter.
0: Uh, and then yeah, Instagram's where we're mostly active. Uh, we get a lot of engagement with uh, people who do follow us, and it's fun. So definitely uh, join in on it. Uh, also, our Discord. Our Discord's a blast. Join the Discord. Have fun engaging in silly conversations. Show us pictures of your pets. Have What, else? what are some of our fun channels? Uh, the pets one's a good one.
1: Well, we have the Devil's Dank memes. Yep, you can slay with your dank memes.
0: We can talk politics, religion. We have a church bulletin board,
1: the fellowship hall. We have a Proceed with Caution forum where... Sam asks if it's right to take up arms yet against the government or,
0: yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean, this weekend changed my life. I'm now like going to buy an arsenal and definitely thinking about marching the Capitol next election, depending on how it goes. For losers, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we, we can talk all about that and strategize, you know, leave a paper trail so that way when the government comes for us, all of our stuff's in one Discord channel. Yeah. Just like the January Sixers did, you know. <laughs> it turns out Reddit isn't the best place to conspire against throwing the uh, overthrowing the government. I don't know.
1: Weird. I think if you're gonna plan a coup, you should do it by snail mail. That's the safest thing at this point if you want it to go forward. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and if you like the show, if you're enjoying it, uh, we would appreciate it if you leave us a review you pig. somewhere. Yeah. We
0: need yeah, the reviews. Leave us a review. We love them. pig.
1: They love, we love them. And the best. Uh, yeah, wherever you listen to it, if it's Apple Podcasts, great. If it's Spotify, that's great too. But uh, thanks for everybody who's done that. And we appreciate you listening. We will see you next time. Later.